You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. ISIS bombings are likely to have implications for global online intelligence collection. Dozens of banks in Ukraine and Russia may have lost millions in SWIFT raids. Lockheed's back, Cryptex never left, and a lot of businesses may be quietly paying up. Malicious SMS messages install pay card stealing malware. More dodgy apps are noticed in the Play Store. Euro-friendly bots want another UK referendum. The auto industry gets together to share cyber strategies. Symantec patches AV bugs. Apple's iPhone celebrates a birthday, so we ask Siri, or actually Jonathan, what's differential privacy? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, June 29, 2016. Yesterday's horrific suicide bombings at Istanbul's Ataturk Airport, where gunmen shot their way into the terminal, then detonated their bombs, are moving security officials worldwide to look for better ways of collecting and developing intelligence. Both Turkish and U.S. sources have attributed the massacre to ISIS. Much of that collection will inevitably be performed online. How that might be accomplished will face technical, resource, and policy challenges. The Kyiv isac a branch reports that an unnamed Ukrainian bank has lost $10 million to SWIFT-enabled funds transfer fraud. isac as statement, as reported in the Kyiv Post, says that dozens of banks, mostly in Ukraine and Russia, have been compromised, and that their losses may collectively run into the hundreds of millions of dollars. Commentary about the apparent theft has been guarded and short on details. It's early in the ongoing investigation, and the affected banks fear adverse public reaction. Since the SWIFT International Funds Transfer System was used to accomplish the theft, observers say it looks like Bangladesh, and speculate that the methods employed were similar to those used earlier this year against the Bangladesh Bank. That bank has concluded the first phases of its investigation, and with that conclusion wraps up its contract with FireEye, and says it's moving to shore up the security of its systems on its own. In other cybercrime news, some observers had hoped that Lockheed ransomware was fading into oblivion. Symantec found that Lockheed had declined steeply over the past month, as dry decks and angler infections also fell off the cliff. Unfortunately, such hopes have proven unfounded. Cloudmark says Lockheed's back and being distributed widely, rejoining Cryptex among the more popular ransomware variants. As more enterprises are infected with ransomware, a Radware study suggests that businesses in the U.S. and the U.K. are less set in their determination not to pay up than their statements might lead one to believe. 84% of IT executives at firms that had not been attacked said they wouldn't consider paying ransomware. But when one looks at firms that actually have sustained a ransomware hit, 43% have paid. In all of this, small businesses are looking particularly vulnerable. They hold data that's vital to their survival, and they tend to be resource-poor with respect to security. 
As larger enterprises become harder targets, criminals prospect small businesses. They're in general less well defended and less able to sustain a hit to their current operations, so the basic advice on dealing with ransomware remains, back up your files. Malicious apps remain another common form of cybercrime. Smishing is phishing via SMS services on mobile devices, and a smishing campaign in Europe is spreading paycard-stealing malware, posing as WhatsApp, Uber, or Google Play. The vectors are malicious SMS messages. Other bad apps are lurking in the Google Play Store. Lookout warns that what it calls auto-rooting malware is being downloaded by unwary Android users. Case Zero of the auto-rooting epidemic is a seemingly innocent and simple app called Level Dropper. As its name implies, Level Dropper converts your device's screen into a virtual carpenter's level, complete with green bubble. Unfortunately, it also roots your phone, giving an attacker the ability to load and run essentially whatever they please. Flash Keyboard, another popular app with about 50 million downloads, is also showing some dodgy behavior. Optio Labs says the keyboard app, produced by .c United, isn't exactly malicious, but it's really promiscuous in the privileges it asks for, few of which a keyboard would actually need, however handy and helpful that keyboard aspired to be. For example, it asks that you allow it to download files without notifying you. That alone should be enough to warn anyone off, anyone that is, beyond the 50 million or so people who apparently said, sure, yeah, why not? This week marks the ninth anniversary of the introduction of the iPhone. Many observers have been congratulating Apple, especially on the relatively good security record of iOS. Apple recently announced at its Worldwide Developers Conference that it intends to introduce something it's calling differential privacy. We spoke with the University of Maryland's Jonathan Katz about what that means. We'll hear from him after the break. A Google security researcher reports an array of bugs in Symantec and Norton antivirus products. Symantec has patched the issues. You'll find the fixes on their website. We haven't forgotten about the dark overlord and his or her stall of allegedly stolen, purportedly genuine healthcare records in the real-deal dark web market. But so far, there's no consensus about the data's provenance. Whatever they are, the asking price is steep. We'll continue to follow this story as it develops. As cars grow ever more sophisticated and connected to the Internet, concerns about their cybersecurity grow, too. We spoke with Booz Allen Hamilton's John Allen about the automotive ISAC and the upcoming Billington Automotive Cybersecurity Summit, an event for which we are proud to be a media sponsor. We asked John Allen to begin by describing the Automotive Information Sharing and Analysis Center, or ISAC. The concept of an ISAC was created around 1998 with a presidential decision directive that President Clinton signed to enable critical infrastructure industries to share general threat and vulnerability information about certain uh, infrastructures in the United States. So it was originally like oil and gas and energy and water, our, our critical infrastructure. It grew out two ways. Number one is industries like automotive enable them to talk and share information without going across antitrust issues. Number two is in 98, most of the focus was around physical threats and vulnerabilities. And then the industry started realizing that it was cyber was the big issue. The automotive ISAC relies on independent daily information gathering and analysis of emerging threats, but also on the automotive industry themselves. Say one OEM finds a vulnerability on a vehicle or an infrastructure and they, they're working through it and have solved it. They'll throw it out to the ISAC and say we've identified X vulnerability and this is what we've done to solve. Or this is X vulnerability we found. Has anybody have a solution on how to solve it? 
But this is a big issue around a culture of trust. This is not an industry that generally is comfortable with sharing information with each other. They're hyper competitive. And so what we've seen them become is more frenemies, understanding that an attack on one is an attack on all. Because the automotive makers realize that in order to enable the new customer experience, in order to enable new technologies on the vehicle, they have to address the underlying issue of cyber first. You can't do data analytics unless you get the customer trust to protect their privacy and protect their data. And you can't do that without strong cybersecurity programs. This coming July 22nd, John Allen will be part of the Billington Cybersecurity Global Automotive Cybersecurity Summit, which features U.S. Secretary of Transportation Anthony Fox and Mary Barra, CEO of General Motors. To have a CEO as the keynote talking about vehicle cybersecurity is fascinating. That's the keynote with Mary Barra, and at the end of the day, having the Secretary Fox speaking about vehicle cybersecurity as the Secretary of Transportation. That's amazing. I mean, there's other conferences on automotive security. However, this is the first one I've seen with the senior leadership that they have that are dedicated to the problem. We're going to talk about relevant issues of where the industry is going. Mary Barra talks a lot about we're going to see more disruption in the next five years than we've seen in the last 50. I really think from a cyber perspective, this conference is going to lay a foundation on how that disruption is going to come forward and what cyber is going to do within that area to really enable this disruption that we're going to see. That's John Allen. He's a principal at Booz Allen Hamilton and also executive director of the automotive ISAC. And finally, a petition to revoke Brexit through another referendum appears to have been signed mostly by bots. Authorities are investigating. After all, bots shouldn't be voting, even in online elections, say choosing members of the Major League Baseball all-star squads. We're looking at you, Kansas City. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Joining me once again is Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland. Jonathan, at the recent uh, Apple Worldwide Developers Conference, they discussed uh, what they're calling differential privacy, uh, a new way that Apple is saying that they're going to be able to collect your data but keep your data private at the same time. Um, Tell us, what is differential privacy? Differential privacy is a mechanism that's been developed over the past decade or so uh, within the cryptography community, and it's been spread to the security and the databases community as well. Uh, it's really interesting. What it does is it's a, it's a framework that allows you to analyze mechanisms for 
uh, doing statistical analyses over data that involve data from multiple people. And essentially what it does is it allows you to discern global trends about the data, which is, of course, what you want, without violating the privacy of the data of any particular individual. So uh, how does it work? What, what's the mechanism by which you can do this? Well, there are a number of different mechanisms that have been proposed, uh, but one mechanism in particular that's been sort of the most uh, popular and, and one of the simplest to implement is where you simply add some, some random noise into the system, uh, whether at the time of data collection uh, or after, the, after you perform your analysis or during the analysis itself. And so what ends up happening is that rather than getting sort of a, uh, an exact result, uh, as you would uh, prior to differential privacy, you add some noise and that gives you sort of a less accurate result, and there's a trade-off then between the privacy that you obtain and the accuracy of the result. So the more accurate the result, uh, obviously the, the worse the privacy, and on the other side, if you want to increase the level of privacy that you give to any individual, then that makes your result slightly less accurate. So is this a good thing? Is, is uh, Apple's approach to this, uh, is, is this a win-win for everyone, or is this something we should uh, be wary of? Well, I guess it's not clear because uh, Apple hasn't released all the details of what they're planning to do exactly. I think certainly it's a uh, win that they're uh, aware uh, of the need to provide privacy, the fact that they're aware of differential privacy, something which is relatively new uh, and still a subject of active research. Uh, one thing that's particularly interesting here is that uh, in contrast to things like encryption, where we kind of have a very good understanding about the level of security that you need in practice, uh, with differential privacy, it's really less clear because you have this trade-off between accuracy and privacy, and it's not really clear where the right uh, setting of the parameters is in order to ensure the kind of best or optimal trade-off between uh, privacy and accuracy. And the devil's in the details, because if you set the uh, privacy threshold uh, too low, uh, trying to get a very accurate result, then you, you have technically differential privacy, but it won't be very meaningful in practice. And so it's really not clear until we get more details about what exactly they're doing, uh, whether this is providing an adequate level of protection. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.
And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 